Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Someone's got to clear out all them damn tumbleweeds before the whole place goes up in smoke. It's high noon for Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. And holy moly. Joe Biden had himself a hell of a day yesterday. He had an event for the Latinos, you know, the Hispanics, because he's realized that people have different opinions and it's possible for even minority groups to see how bad the Democrats are at fulfilling their needs. And now Trump's approval rating with Hispanic voters has gone way up. And Trump is ahead of Biden with Hispanic voters in many places. And that is not a constituency that Democrats can afford to lose, just like they can't afford to lose any of their racial constituencies which is a problem for a party that built its constituency around immutable identity traits because there's nothing coherent there. There's no consistent ideology shared by the Democrat voter base. You could argue that there's no consistent ideology held by any Democratic voter. But that is not what I came here to do today. So we can save that for another time. Or you can just think your way through it on your own. Because I'm sure you can do that. But even CNN yesterday was forced to publish an article by the brilliant Harry Enten. And I'm saying that sincerely. I think Harry Enten is, is a brilliant guy. I don't think that he is weighting reality against his polling well enough to give people an accurate depiction of what's happening now. But I nonetheless think he's a really brilliant guy, but 
the headline was something along the lines of Trump's gains with Hispanic voters are real. And obviously that's true. Trump's gains with black voters are real as well because everyone can see what's happening now. I said it months ago, this was going to come. Reality was going to prove itself more powerfully than the narrative could hope to repress that reality. And so the chickens are coming home to roost. And so the Democrat Party, the campaign, decided that the best way to get Hispanic voters back on board was to have an event with Hispanic voters. And so the guy who sang Despacito introduced Joe Biden and he said, uh, the former vice president and future president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the eight or nine people in the room clapped. It was very embarrassing. They did it for four or five seconds and Joe Biden had not appeared. Eventually they were like, what are we clapping for? And it all fizzled out. And then a few more seconds of silence later, Joe Biden emerged onto the stage and went up to the microphone and, uh, you know, fiddled with his mask and then said, I only have one thing to say here. And then put the song Despacito on his phone and played it and kind of bobbed around to it for 15 seconds, uncomfortably smiling. It was unbelievable. It's the most uncomfortable thing that I think I've ever watched. It's more uncomfortable than any episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I showed it to my friend and was like, I don't think that I have felt this uncomfortable watching something since I first saw The Office. And I mean the good one, the British one, not the one with the guys from The Daily Show who have annoying faces and voices. Um, it's incredible. It is incredible. Like, there are two parts of it that are really just so hard to believe. The first is that Joe Biden, in whatever state you believe him to be in, is out there doing this and trying this because there was virtually no chance that he was going to be able to even perform the stunt that they were attempting. And of course, he did not. This thing that they staged was a complete failure. But worse than that is the fact that the campaign thought it was a good idea to stage this in the first place. Joe Biden did not come up with the idea to play Despacito on his cell phone when he went out to give the speech. That was not Joe Biden's idea. And everybody with a functioning brain can know that. Okay? What are the chances that Joe Biden is extremely familiar with the song Despacito? Zero? One percent chance? It's probably zero. There's no way Joe Biden is just rocking Despacito 
for the last three years or however long that song has been out. So the campaign thought it was a good idea to persuade Hispanic voters, the Latinos and Latinas and Latinxes, by playing Despacito. How is it possible? If Trump had done this, the media would be all over it and they would call it racist and appropriation and whatever other words they would use. They would say it's demeaning and patronizing because, of course, it is. But do they say that for old Joe? Nah. A campaign of people who are probably between the ages of maybe 28 and 50 decided that this was a smart move. The people around Joe Biden decided that this was a smart move, that Joe Biden could do it, and that this would be a funny and clever way to sway Hispanic voters. Think about that. Think about who is making decisions here. This is the person that people feel comfortable voting for to be president of the United States. People who pretend outwardly that they are smart and and, uh, informed. I almost said smart and intelligent. That doesn't make sense. Smart and informed and moral. That's what these people think of themselves. They think they are making the smart, informed, moral choice by putting that man into the White House with those advisors around him. The Democrats are so incompetent, so inept, so completely detached from reality that they think they can win a campaign by creating like funny, clever social media moments for the people on Twitter, because all they understand is that bubble, the bubble on Twitter, the bubble of other media, entertainment and academic elites that feed them and they each feed each other their understanding of the world. Do you think that there is any fucking chance in the world that the Joe Biden campaign cares to understand what Hispanic voters might actually want or what black voters might actually want? Of course they don't. It doesn't even seem that they're trying. They just keep repeating the same narratives that they have always used for all these people. Oh, we need women. Let's lie about the the wage gap and let's misstate what the abortion issue is about and then tell the women that we're for women's rights because the women will believe that, right? Let's tell black voters that what they need is more urban social programs and no guns anywhere 
and to abolish the police and that all problems are the are caused by white people. That'll convince the black American voters to vote Democrat. Let's convince the Hispanic voters by talking about how Trump doesn't like illegal immigration and then play Despacito for them and then wish them a happy Hispanic Heritage Month as if any normal American from Hispanic backgrounds has been waiting all year for Hispanic Heritage Month. As if descendants of immigrants and even immigrants themselves who came here legally think that everyone should just be able to cross our southern border as long as they say it's for asylum. Why do we accept the thinking that entire blocks of people, voting blocks of people, as divided by their immutable identity characteristics, are monolithic thinkers who can be fooled by such utter nonsense? This is demeaning to people. You want to know how I know? Because I showed the video to my Mexican girlfriend and she was like, oh my God, that's what they think of us. Wow. All you have to do is talk to real people and you'll know what they think. Of course, Democrats don't do that. Democrats will stock up their campaign staff with diverse identity groups, and then they will listen to what those people say and think that those people are representative of the whole of their identity group. And of course, they're not or else they wouldn't be working for the Joe Biden campaign. The Democratic Party, as it stands now, a party that I have supported for my whole life until the last few years, is undeniably incompetent. Everything they do is wrong. Can anyone name anything that Democrats have successfully done for any of these communities. And you can say that gay marriage finally happened, but that wasn't directly a result of Democrats. That would have happened no matter what, because justice was actually on their side. And yes, Republicans made it harder and delayed it. Yes, Congratulations, Wokes. You're on the right side of that issue. Woohoo. Democratic rule has failed minority communities everywhere it has been tried. I discussed this in the Apocalypse Now episode at length. 
the worst urban environments for minorities in the country are in blue cities, in states with Democratic senators and Democratic governors, period. Decades and decades of terrible governance is the reason why these communities are rife with crime and are not being helped by the programs specifically passed in their names. And that really is what the Democrats are doing and have done and plan to continue to do. They are deciding for other people what is best for those people and then telling those people that if they choose otherwise, they are supporting the downfall of other people like them. It's disgusting. And the worst part of it is they are only accepting members of those quote unquote communities when they echo the things that the Democratic Party leaders already want. Are the Democratic Party leaders largely representative of those communities? No. Are the Democrat Party leaders bought and sold the same way that many Republican leaders are? Yes. Is the Democratic power structure white and corporatist? Yes. So why in the world would those people be able to represent communities? Of course, they can't. And then people say, oh, well, Republicans don't even talk about these issues. No, Republicans don't talk as much about ethnic groups because they don't believe the world should be divided along those lines. In fact, if we didn't talk about ethnic groups at all in our politics, all of those ethnic groups would be so much more well off. It is the constant focus on race, the constant division by race that makes these problems so hard to solve. And that is a one-sided problem. So that was not, amazingly, the only disastrous event that Joe Biden's obvious mental decline was a part of yesterday. Here's the other one. I'm going to play you the audio. So here we go. Try to follow along here, okay? Because if you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and hell take care of running a, you know, a department store uh, thing, you know, where in the second floor of the ladies' department, or whatever, you know what I mean? I think that he was trying to say that if you were a quartermaster, which is a military term from the 1600s. I'm not sure how much it gets used today. But uh, if you were a quartermaster, then you were probably able to run a department store 
like on the second floor with the ladies lingerie or whatever, you know what I mean? I think that that's actually a charitable interpretation of what he was just babbling. And this reminds me of a scene from the Leslie Nielsen movie wrongfully accused, which is actually pretty funny, especially if you like Leslie Nielsen, which I really do. And uh, it's basically spoofing that last scene of usual suspects. Spoiler alert, where uh, Kaiser Sose reads the, like makes up his story off what's hanging around in the room around Chaz Parliamentary's police character. You know what I mean? Now, now I sound like Joe Biden. You know what I mean? I fucked up the description, but you know what I mean? Uh, so here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to play this for just a second because this is what I think Joe Biden sounds like. Now imagine Leslie Nielsen in a fishing shop in the middle of nowhere. He's on the lamb and he's trying to explain who he actually is so that he doesn't get caught by these country dwelling, uh, bait shop bait and tackle shop. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Retail business folks. Okay, here we go. He's drawing on the wanted sign so that they can't tell who he is. I've never seen you around here, Mr. Buzzum. Buzzum Frog. Born on the shores of the uh, Uralava River in Rapala. A couple of husky uh, jerks uh, brought me to uh, Slimy Slug, uh, South Dakota. You know, up there by Timberdoodle, the Zebco brothers, uh, Spencewick, and uh, uh, Salty Dog uh, Shrimp. Uh, oh! <laughs> Dude, that's Joe Biden. Um, I don't know. I hope this isn't annoying to listen to. My audio clips... You know, I could probably put them in there better, but that's a lot of work. Uh, So, yeah, Joe Biden sounds completely insane. Like, and I feel bad for him. It is sad. It is sad what they are doing to him. It is sad that a man can hold on to this misplaced ambition for this many decades. Joe Biden has been running for president and trying to run for president for, I think, like, 32 or 36 years. That's pathetic. Okay. Just that in itself is pathetic. You should not want to be led by someone who has been rejected for that very leadership role for 36 years and still chases it. That is a sickness. Kamala Harris will do the same thing. Actually, Kamala Harris probably won't win her next election in California because she is so atrocious, but All of this happened yesterday with the backdrop of Trump signing a historic peace deal between Israel and Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. And what does the media report about that historic peace deal? Why? All the people on the lawn at the White House were not wearing masks. So rather than a historic world, potentially world changing peace deal, the media focuses on masks, outdoors, outdoors, where people do not get coronavirus. 
And you can bet they were all tested just like I got tested the other day. What in the world are they thinking? And see, this is the same incompetence I was just talking about with the Democrats. They are more concerned with trying to perpetuate their hate Trump narrative. Trump is irresponsible narrative. The pandemic is scary narrative. By the way, it's not even a pandemic anymore. Like by the technical standards, it is not a pandemic. And they actually have pretty good info on the European quote unquote second wave. That isn't a second wave because no one's dying. Cases are going up. They are testing. They're finding cases. Whoop-de-doo. But no one's dying. And that's the fucking point. And so there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today about how Europe is no longer pursuing lockdown strategies, that they're going to let things be and go back to life, which is what we all should have done six months ago. Sweden did it. Where's Sweden's second wave? Oh, doesn't exist. Why? Because Sweden has herd immunity, obviously. Or I suppose there's an outside chance that the virus really is really seasonal and it's just going to hit us again next spring. But we kind of know that's not true, don't we? So that's Trump's day. Then he's like handling wildfire shit going around for campaign stops. And then, oh yeah, just throw in an ABC town hall at the end of the night, hosted by former Clinton staffer, George Stephanopoulos. And they have all these real people from real communities that were probably randomly selected to ask Trump all these questions that they thought were going to put him on the spot. That didn't work. Whoops. It's funny that the media is still playing to these big events, thinking that they can push their narrative through and that people will just believe it. That period for them has ended. It, the funny thing is it didn't even work in 2016. And you know that obviously because Trump is president. They think they can tell people whatever they want. They think they can invent your reality. They cannot. And it is damn well time to continue showing them that and show them on election day that that is not how things work anymore. We will either take objective news or none at all because the information is available to us. We can go out and find it on our own just by curating a proper Twitter feed. It is not hard. So this morning I was uh, talking to a friend of mine who lives in another state and he was out on a morning run and ran past his kid's school and they were outside for gym class and their gym class activity, their physical education activity was being socially distanced from one another, sitting on the ground, listening to their instructor tell them about masking. 
That's what we're doing to our kids. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I thought we were going to have a term uh, describing the kids in this generation who aren't able to grow out of the fear that the parents have instilled in them. Either that or they completely revolt against it. The maskies. Luckily, my friend's kids will not be raised that way. But his twin boys were not allowed to be close to each other at recess. This is what the science says, Democrats, media, Hollywood, you idiots. This is the science. A generation of children who cannot die from this disease any easier than they can die from anything else. This is what we're doing to them. The profound impact of this anti-scientific, amoral nonsense is going to last for generations. We are instilling weakness in a population. Just so that elites, entitled people who think that they're really smart can attempt to bend the world to their will and make it as they see it, as they wish to see it. This is pathetic. I cannot believe adults are participating in this. Oh, you know the science. Oh, yes, you listen to the science. You listened to experts, the media selected for you, and you listened to actors from TV shows that haven't been on for 20 fucking years. This is where we get our advice now. Unbelievable. And so last night I was also discussing how, um, how the political monoculture in Hollywood comes to be and how people get brainwashed and subsumed by this political culture. And it goes basically like this. All right. Let's say a kid from Oklahoma comes out to Hollywood to chase his Hollywood dream. All right. He's raised with conservative family, has some nice brothers and sisters. They all get along. Everyone likes each other. They live in a nice neighborhood, probably the suburbs or something, right? And he comes out here, and then within the first few weeks or few months or whatever of arriving in Hollywood, he finds himself at a party, and he's near a semi-famous actor that he's seen on TV. They end up in a conversation. This semi-famous actor's a little bit older, you know, maybe five, maybe ten years older. Seems like he really has his shit together. Very cool. He was on TV. He knows what the dream's all about, right? So this kid, Trevor or whatever, is uh, listening to Blake, the actor. And Blake starts telling him about how great the Green New Deal is and about how we need to ban plastic straws and how these fires are caused by climate change, even though there's no evidence whatsoever supporting the fact that climate change causes these fires or the severity of them. Zero evidence, zero. Okay. But so Blake's telling him all these things and Trevor thinks, well, man, 
maybe this is just some new ideas I've never been exposed to. Maybe, uh, maybe Blake knows something I don't know. There seems like there's a lot of smart, successful, good-looking people in Hollywood. Good-looking people must know what they're talking about, right? And so, so Trevor pushes back a little bit, and Blake says, no, man, no, 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 no. I'll tell you how it is. I'm going to send you some stuff, and trust me on this. You're going to know. You're going to see it. Like, like, where are you from? You're from Oklahoma? <laughs> are your parents conservative? <laughs> yeah, of course you think that stuff, man. You got no idea, kid. Do you even know about the science? Do you know about the data? You know what people at Harvard say? I was at a charity event with uh, Tom Hanks and Mark Ruffalo. Those guys know what's up. <laughs> Let me tell you, kid. I'm going to send you a few things from the Huffington Post and Vox and a New York Times article. <laughs> We're going to straighten you out in two seconds. Then you'll be working all the time. You know where they use that indoctrination method? Scientology. You know what the Scientologists call the place where they all hang out? the celebrity center you know why most scientologists join scientology to become successful actors or because they are the saddest people on earth but so to become a part of the hollywood community trevor goes home and trevor reads blake's articles and then he goes back and reads some of his own articles, like the ones that he thought were true. And then he starts discussing these articles in Hollywood. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you ever believed that. That's all conspiracy theory. All that stuff you believed, that's conspiracy theory. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that that's conspiracy theory. And so all of a sudden, Trevor is inculcated. And he feels at home with the Hollywood elites, the cool people. And you know why I can say this? It's because I've experienced it. The idea that Hollywood liberals are informed about their beliefs is a complete myth. Okay? The idea that they care about people unlike them, is a complete myth. You know how I know? Because they don't know any of those people. None of them. And they don't want to know them. They don't want to know anyone who can't help them increase their status. All right? And so Trevor goes back home for Christmas to Oklahoma, and he begins telling his family and all his old friends about how wrong they are and how they're racist and bigots and homophobes and sexists. And they don't agree with him. In fact, they say he's being really rude and that he's forgetting where he comes from and he's forgetting what's important to him. So Trevor tells them all off and he goes back to Hollywood. But now he's more angry. And now he feels like he doesn't have a family anymore because he's been told that if your family is racist and sexist and homophobic and not down with the program, that they should be discarded. And so he does that. And now Trevor is in Hollywood and he has some very woke friends 
Some of them are semi-famous. Maybe he has a job. Maybe not. But he doesn't have a family anymore. And he's got all these political beliefs that make him look really profoundly good to other very, very dumb, uninformed people. And he goes on like this. And reality continues to prove him wrong again and again and again. Reality does not match up with his beliefs at all. But he holds on to them because now there's a social price to pay for going against them. There's a social price to pay for believing things that correspond to reality because they do not fit the social agenda of one of the most immoral places on earth. And Trevor eventually ends up depressed and estranged, surrounded by a bunch of fake people who are willing to discard him just as quickly as he discarded his family. And they will. They will. Because they are not moral people. Because moral people don't do that in the first place. And moral people don't degrade themselves to get famous. And moral people don't cover for Harvey Weinstein for decades. But that's what Democrats do. That's what Hollywood celebrities do. And don't fool yourself. Again, I said it last week. I'll say it again. If Harvey Weinstein could win an actress, an Oscar right now and was holding an open casting today, there would be 3000 women lined up around the block prepared to deal with Harvey Weinstein if it got them to where they wanted to be. Okay? I'm not saying all women at all, but these types of people, yes. Yes, they will do that. It is understood here that sex is transactional and that if it can, if it can get you something, then the transaction is worth it. Now, you can have whatever morality you want about that. But if you're not willing to be out there saying, yes, this is what I do, then you're, then you're doing something that you believe is immoral. I'm not telling you it's immoral. You believe it's immoral. Or else you would be out there talking about what you did. You could be writing self-help books. Hey, here's how to fuck a producer so you can get a movie part. But no one does that. Because they are ashamed of what they have done. But it was worth it because they got more famous. And that really is the point. And that is why people will always disregard those close to them based on their political conversations. What they are telling those people, as I said in Controlled Demolition, what they are telling those people is that they are in constant search for better people. People that will help them climb the social ladder. And if you are not doing that based on your political beliefs, then you serve no more purpose in their lives. And that is the reality. Okay. Hollywood liberal actors who make a big deal about politics are not good people. Show me one of them. That's a good person. They have all lost their fucking minds. What they are doing is shameful and embarrassing. They are complete hypocrites. Bette Midler was making fun 
of Melania Trump's accent as she gave a really wonderful speech at the RNC about how our culture has been degrading and about how our society is failing the most vulnerable people. That's what she talked about. And Bette Midler decided to be xenophobic or it would be xenophobic if she was a Republican and Melania was a Democrat. Then it would be the worst thing that anyone's ever said. But instead, we can just play Despacito for everyone and everything's okay. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!